This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. These people that you meet here today have enough confidence to put your phone down at a meal when we're eating out together and talk to the person across from you because that's important, okay? Have, make sure it's important when someone falls down on the ice that you give them a tap on the ass because you know they're working extra hard, right? There's things that you can do here in relationships that are very, very important above and beyond I guess. whatever you're going to learn on the ice in hockey. It's one of, the, one, of our, one of our building blocks is relationships with people, okay? Because we're going to go on to do some big things in this organization and we need you people to have good relationships. So if you played college, junior, Europe, nationality, whatever it is, we're one big family this week and hopefully moving forward. That was a speech that Jimmy Roy gave to the Winnipeg Jets prospects as development camp got going yesterday with some, uh, you know, Jim... You know, you fitted for concussion gear, you know, workouts, all that sort of stuff. This uh, is, kicked off yesterday, but today, first day uh, on the ice. This is an exciting development camp. Am I am I alone in saying that, Jim? Uh, you successful, yeah. It's ex- exciting. Oh, exciting. <laughs> I'm saying it's exciting. Sorry. It's exciting. It's always exciting, especially for some of the players. But you're right. Like, there's so many names here mm-hmm. that we all know. Rutgen McGorry, Chaz Lucius, Brad Lambert. Uh, Divicentis signed his contract yes. today, a three-year ELC. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, the draft picks from this year. This is important because yesterday was sort of the Zahn Ife you meet, you meet on off ice, sorry. Yeah. And it's interesting, right, because some of them know each other from last year or the year before, although there wasn't much going on with the pandemic, and some of them are just meeting each other for the first time. But realistically, you're looking around this room of about 30 guys knowing that, eight or nine of you may sort of make the show. Yeah. Uh, whether it's here or somewhere else. It's kind of, it just, it's interesting, right? Because yeah. it's a continuing evolution of when you leave AAA and go to junior or college and you're the new person and mm-hmm. now you're the new person again. And then later on, you'll be the new person at a different level, either in the AHL or maybe the NHL. And then you kind of, and how 10 years from now, how many of these guys who arrived here this week are going to be on the Jets? Yeah. It's like- I, I remember when Connor Hellbuck came in. Yeah. And he literally, Cam, was shaken and could not say two words. And now I fast forward to the unbelievable quotes of, I, I, I think I always play great. And I, <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's just, it's funny to watch the evolution of how these young people grow into young men. And, and yesterday's a big part because part of the on ice, uh, I don't know if they still do, but they used to go to DeLuca's and learn how to cook meals for themselves, like yeah. healthy meals. They learned how to do this. And I've told stories on this the Nutrition is a, is a part of it. It's is a, a huge part of thing, it, yeah. but it's also how to make it. Like I remember Joe Sacco years ago, he's now in the NHL, but when he was the coach of the, I think it was the Cleveland Monsters, the Avalanches farm team. And he was talking about teaching guys, I won't name the player, how to be pros. And I would say, well, what does that mean with with guys like him and stuff? And he said, I have guys who don't know how to make toast. They come out of junior, they have billets, they get drafted, they get go yep. to training camp, everything's, you know, hotels and meals and stuff, and they come to us, and it's like, okay, go get an apartment inside. I had one player, he's told me that um, wore has one suit and wore it every single game and never had a dry clean, and it was wrinkled because mm-hmm. he would, like, fold it in his bag and throw it in there, 
And it's just little things like that. Now, I don't know if every player's like that, but yeah. he was like, he said, that's worst case scenario. And through no fault of the kid, it just, this is what this week is about. As much as it is on ice, it's about, this is what we, the Jets feel as Jimmy Roy was talking yeah. about. This is where you first, your first introduction to your quote unquote family will be for hopefully the next five, seven, 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and of course, Jimmy Roy, a, a big part of, of the Winnipeg Jets organization, uh, director of, of player development, uh, had been there, of course, with the team for some time. And Kelly Moore was able to catch up at the uh, Hockey for All Center. Uh, our very own Kelly Moore was able to catch up with, with Jimmy and asked him about his initial impressions and how he's helping to motivate the team through uh, a very important uh, five-day camp. Jimmy, maybe first off, just talk a little bit about having a chance to, to finally do this for the first time in, what, three, four years? Yeah, it's been a while since we've done it. Um, you know, I think for coaches and management and everybody to see some of the players that we've drafted on ice or in person and uh, work on building those relationships with these kids and um, they get to come in and see our environment and um, see what we're about. I think it's it's pretty special since we haven't done it in so long, so it's it's really enjoyable. Glad you mentioned relationships because I wanted to ask you about the speech that was uh, yeah making quite an impression on social media. Did you write that yourself, or did you steal some uh, some lines there from people? I, I don't know. I think when you you kind of speak from the heart a little bit, it it uh, hits home with some people, or maybe it's easier to speak. But I I think it's a really important part with this group um, of players because we haven't had a development camp in so long. Um, for these players to come in and, and be able to talk to each other about where they played or, uh, um, you know, people they know, uh, you know, common friends and stuff like that. It, that's what builds relationships. And, and it's an important part of, of, of hockey, you know, what happens in the locker room and trust and respect. And um, I just think relationships are really important for players. What were your first impressions of what you saw today? I mean, it's day one, and obviously there's a lot uh, you know, still to come, but uh, first impressions, were you favorably uh, enthused with what you saw? Yeah, I think so. I, I, and honestly, I don't think it, today isn't about any of the on-ice or, or what happens. It's good to be able to be on-ice with the players where they're comfortable in their own environment, and, and um, you know, you, you can talk to them about certain things on the ice and stuff, but the on ice portion is more about teaching the details of the game and and really slowing it down. And whether it's skating and working on your edges or things you need to work on in the in the summertime, if it's you know passes and cutbacks or certain things that they can take with them when they work on things in the summertime, it's you know their individual development. It's not systems. It's not um, X's and O's or anything that happens about their individual game. That's Jimmy Roy, director of player development, with uh, our our Kelly Moore here. And Jim, that's that's kind of what it, this is all about. This is sort of it. I'm sure as somebody when you're 17 or 18 and you get drafted in the National Hockey League, it seems like a really really big step. And it oh, is yeah. a big step from when you come from the levels of junior and all those starting in Timbits. It's a dream and come true. All the camps and the skating coaches and all that stuff leading up to that point, you getting drafted right. And it's just the beginning of what is an even more difficult hill to climb. And so it, when you look, I'm sure it's always a special moment, but in terms of like where your career is going to go, yeah, you got drafted. That's fantastic. Today is another little baby step in where are you going to go in your pro career? Yeah, I've had many coaches tell me um, that it's a dream come true. And you think of all the, from the time you're five or six, early mornings, everything else, you have a goal of making the NHL. And and there's not you don't have to be drafted to make it. There's many ways to get there. But getting drafted is a dream come true. But many coaches have told me and, and, and organizational brass 
over the years have said, now the real work begins. Yeah. And so you think of all the work you've put in to just get drafted, but that doesn't mean you've made it. It means that now the work begins. Now you're one of the chosen few that has an opportunity to make it. And that's where the real work begins. And, the, and I think that's part of the message here today. Yeah. You've done everything you could to possibly get here. But now that you're here, you have another entire journey to go grab what you want to attain. Here's a great clip as well. Jimmy Roy uh, asks, what is the most important thing he wants the prospects to take away? It's about them um, kind of being their own coach and what they can take away from this to be able to work on it on their own um, when they get in their own environment, whether if they're back at school or back at junior with the moose or whatever, and, and understanding how to develop themselves because you don't always have a coach there to push you and you have to learn to do it yourself. That's exactly what you're saying, Jim. I mean, yeah. it's like you got it now. Now you, you've you've done the billet families and all that sort of thing, and I'm sure some of them when they come here initially and they're here for rookie camp or whatever, but if they don't want to go out and live on their own, then whatever they'll be in billet families. I mean, I remember Jacob Trouba. I remember I met him at on Region. I don't even know what the place is called, Nashville's the Oak or whatever it is, and I met him there the first time, and he was staying with a billet family out in East St. Paul at the time, and so like. Uh, he was like shocked. Like he didn't understand what he was getting into when he came here to Winnipeg. And he was just like, and it's like, I remember there was a guy there with him, a guy I went to school with. And he's like, you know, everybody in here knows who you are and all about you. And he was just like kind of walking around like, oh my God, yeah. like what the heck am I getting myself I, into? I have a, a great story. My friend I grew up with, he's now with Tampa Bay uh, as a scout and, and head of their scout, Jamie Pusher. But he was like a second round pick, 32nd overall by Detroit yeah. in the early 90s, back when you were 6'4", 220, you got drafted. Yeah. And he went to Detroit, and he said the two things that really stood out to him is is in a preseason game in Chicago, there were fans leaning over the glass going, go back to Lethbridge, you blah, 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 <laughs> and warm-ups. And he's like, I'm taking in the old Chicago arena. And I'm like, how do these people even know who I am? And I'm on that Red Wings team. They won his yeah. rookie year in 97. He was a nobody. And the other one was, as he said, after training camp, they all went out to a bar. And they were having a beer with Steve Eiserman and all these guys and and from the Red Wings, Fedorov and yeah. all them, uh, getting ready for the season, having an outing. And uh, he was talking to a girl that he met, and he bought her a beer and blah, blah, blah. And then the end of the night came, and they turned the lights on, and they were all you know about to leave. And the girl that he was talking to couldn't leave the bar, and the bouncer was giving her the gears. So he walked over, and he said, what's going on? And he goes, she's got to leave that bottle here. And she turned and looked at him and said, I'm not leaving this bottle. You gave it to me. You bought it for me. And he was like, what? And so to your Truba story, like, it's just yeah. like, these guys have no clue. Yeah. Like why he's like, oh my God, lady. And and like he said, <laughs> I lost that number real quick. Yes. Um, but like the point is, is just the fact to Truba and wherever yeah. you saw him and stuff, like they, they kind of, they're trying to, they're just doing what they do, right? They yeah. love to play. They want to make the NHL. It's their dream. And all this other stuff, and that's stuff that they're talking about. Like they talk about food, how to pay rent, they dealing with the talking to the talking media, to the media, Big part of it. They talk about what to do if you're out and people come up to you, and, yeah. and like be respectful and be this, and and don't do anything dumb, and don't be. Um, you know, my former colleague Troy Westwood used to say he learned early in his career at the Bombers, being a local kid, yeah. that uh, do not be in a bar after midnight. Nothing after midnight good ever happens <laughs> yeah. after midnight. And I'm like, well, some things happen the good after. He's like, no, <laughs> that's what he used to tell young players and stuff. So this is all part of what they learn because, yeah. like you said, Trouba would come to town in Winnipeg, Canada, and have no clue a kid from Michigan that people yeah. know exactly yeah, who he is. Definitely and, had no notoriety when he was at the University of Michigan, but not to the level of an entire city, right. that's for sure. Uh, let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Eric Carlson, Why? we'll talk about that. Um, 
we'll we'll connect with Ken Weeb. He's down there at the Hockey for All Center. We'll get his thoughts on uh, on the initial day as well as we'll talk about some free agency, some future stuff. And uh, the Jets RFAs. How much money do they really have to spend? Development camp going all the way till Saturday, tomorrow, Friday. Uh, as well, so that's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm going to be heading down there uh, for for fr- uh, for tomorrow and for Friday as well. So that looking forward to young uh, gun yourself. Well, you know, sending the young gun yourself. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to toot my horn too much, but uh, yeah, that's exactly what's <laughs> happening. They're throwing me out on the ice. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on six eighty CJOB. Eric Carlson, eleven point five million dollar cap hit for the next four seasons. Uh, Sharks GM Mike Greer <laughs> said Tuesday he will not be willing to retain the max 50% of Carlson's cap hit to move him, saying it's too much money. Uh, after the after the draft, GMs reported saying that if the Sharks can bring him down to seven and a half or eight, things could potentially get interesting. Where the heck? If I I, I don't think Eric Carlson's going to get traded. I, I just so don't think four, there's cap room right now. Four and a half they would have to cover for the next four years. So paying a guy $20 million to not play for you for four years. Yeah. I mean, you get something back, but I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I know I've said this a thousand times. Every time I say it, people are like, yeah, that's bizarre. Paying Ryan Suter, whatever, $7 million to beat you in the playoffs is what the Minnesota he's Wild got a, did. He's got a full no-move clause, too. Yeah. At 11 now, and now a half. Now, look at this. 100 points and the Norris Trophy. What would he get if he's a free agent this summer? Oh, I don't think he'd get 11-5. No, he wouldn't. See, but listen. Like, he just won the Norris and just became the sixth defenseman in NHL history to put up 100 points. And if he was a free agent, I don't think he'd get 11-5 this summer. He better get cozy in San Jose because they're going to have to wait for some cap space to open up next year. I don't see him moving. If some team the sharks want The out, shark wants futures. They that's don't why want, I was killing myself last players. year when the Oilers were in on it. I'm like, what are you how much, how much cap, how many players would you have to send to San Jose to offset that? I have no idea. We'll be right back. Hey, Ken Weeb after this. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. A mix of sun and cloud today with a high of 19. Tonight clear, a low of 8. A mix of sun and cloud tomorrow, a 30% chance of showers, a risk of a thunderstorm, a southwest wind gusting to 40, and a high of 26. For Friday, periods of rain and 22. Right now it's 18 at 680 CJOB. And now back to Jets at noon. Thank you very much, Jeff Braun. Uh, here's some uh, news that's just coming down the wire. The Manitoba Moose announced that they have signed defenseman Jimmy Olney to a one-year contract Captain Jimmy Olney for the 2023-2024 season. So Captain's back. Captain's back. Uh, hopefully a, a, a season where he can stay healthy, but obviously Olney um, winning uh, the AHL Man of the Year award last year um, for, for his work in the community and, and his leadership and all that. So uh, great to have him back uh, with the Manitoba Moose. I know that that was something that the organization put at the top of their list. That's right. He uh, was HL Man of the Year. That's right. Really Absolutely, yeah. Um, and there's some uh, odd news coming out. Vladimir Tarasenko has not had a team yet at a free agency, and there's some news coming out, Jim. Well, he has to be the biggest free agent left out there, but uh, as the days have mounted up Patrick here, Kane maybe, but he's not healthy right yeah, now. So he won't so play for Yeah, he won't play for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, Tarasenko, I agree, um, I agree with your initial statement, Jim. Thank you. Uh, but he, it was looking like he was narrowing it down to five or six teams, and then maybe hearing today, and then Elliot Friedman with the shocker that Vladimir Tarasenko has new representation, J.P. Barry and Pat Brizon of CAA, which means there is no deal in place with any team, but the process resets today. 
So after, what is today? Five days of free agency and narrowing it down to five or six teams, Tarasenko has gotten rid of his agents, got new ones, and the process uh, starts all over for him again trying to find a home today. So is this frustration? It must be something like I don't that. Know how this just happens. a deal's not working out. I, I don't because you can always tell the agent, no, I'm I'm gonna go there and this is what I want. And I don't know why you would at this stage get rid of your agent um in free agency. Like if you yeah. have a con I've heard of this if you have a contract, I've heard of this if you wanted to hire your friend as an agent and and you thank your agent of fifteen years for all the services. Uh I've heard of this sort of not being happy with the contracts that you're being offered, and maybe that's it. Maybe he thinks that he can get more money from some people. I don't know. Like, there's not a lot of room on teams, and but that is a bizarre development on Vlad Tarasenko and searching for his next contract and his new home. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought they were narrowing in on Carolina is that's, what I read. That's what and, all the reports were, but there was also other reports that were contradicting it, saying as far – like, there were some people attached to the Carolina that were saying, I wasn't calling what other people were reporting – as inaccurate, I'm not yeah. saying that, but as far as I'm concerned, the information I'm getting from the team is that nothing, nothing has, nothing, things are not close. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I was hearing conflicting reports uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Uh, joined now by Sportsnet's Ken Weeb down at the Hockey for All Center. He's been chatting with all the players. Uh, Weber, thanks for, so much for jumping on. My pleasure, guys. Sorry, uh, sorry to put you into tap dancing mode. Uh, <laughs> thanks for uh, thank you for handling it. Uh, yeah, just talking to a few of the players. It's just you know, uh, it's a hurry up and wait on occasion, and uh, times subject to change. So sorry, I thought we had a perfect plan laid out for a twelve forty five start, but uh, got in a little early. Players were pretty eager to after their first day. A lot of smiles, a lot of joy. Joy level was high. Uh, a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of chirping back and forth from uh, Colby Barlow and Rector McGrady about uh, who won the shooting contest. And uh, the, the retort from Colby Barlow was, well, I bet you're not telling me about those terrible passes you made to me in my feet. So uh, interesting. We always look for little signs here. Jimmy, it reminds me of uh, the early years when uh, Josh Morrissey and Jacob Truba uh, started playing on a pairing uh, for me. Uh, Rucker McGordy and Colby Barlow, not only are they known for their leadership, but uh, I could see these guys being future line mates uh, to go along with the great friendship and bond they're already starting to forge here. Well, and that's what's interesting about this. We were just reminiscing about some camps and guys coming in and Truba and stuff like that. And you can't read too much into this week, but you can get some details of, of and, and that's what I've been hearing too. A lot of people even um, – some people texting us now, uh, Bailey Weeb have, has said that both those guys seem to be getting along good, laughing a lot. Uh, it's kind of where, like, we ran the clip from Jimmy Roy from yesterday where it all begins, right? This is where you kind of start forging whatever's going to be to be. Totally, Jimmy. And honestly, it's something very small. But, you know, the first the guys are coming out of the room. They walk across to the far sheet. I'm standing in the hallway lurking. And who's walking out together? None other than Barlow and McGroarty. I mean, so for folks who don't know, Rutger was at the draft, you know, partly to support his Michigan teammates and Gavin Brindley and, and Adam Fantilli and, and a couple of others who were drafted, but, but also because he wanted to be there to, you know, shake the hand and get to know the draft Jets draft picks, even though he hasn't played a single game in the organization and is headed back to college to pursue a, you know, frozen four title, he's making the impact he said he texted Bowlby within 20 seconds of him being drafted. And, you know, he did let out the secret that it, he happened to be sitting beside someone who had Colby's phone number. But, like, this is the craziness about the hockey world. It's not like in the 90s when I was playing when you had to use the landline to dial up your buddy and you might 
have to ask six people for his phone number. But uh, <laughs> these guys, it's just an immediate reaction. And yeah, there's an immediate bond. And I mean, and you can't fake this, right? I mean, yes, we're hearing analysts say, hey, these are potentially two future captains. But you see them interact in the room just now and the back and forth. And, you know, the way they're so engaged, both of them are so engaging uh, with the media. And, and, and some fans may not care about that, but it's important. I mean, Colby Barlow is a 17-year-old captain uh, in the Ontario Hockey League, and he's talking about the people around him. And Rector McGordy is talking about all the great leaders he's been around. These guys are naturally gravitating toward one another, and, and that's a good sign. I mean, nothing that you see on the ice this week um, should make much difference, but there's a lot of the subtle intricacies that you see behind uh, that will really catch your attention. And, and when I say nothing on the ice matters, I just mean in terms of nothing that can happen this week will boost someone's standing for training camp in the fall. But you can learn a little bit about the players. And I mean, one of the players you see right off the bat today, Zach Naring, huge size, you know, big, strong guy, gets around the ice well. You see Brad Lambert buzzing around. You see Nikita Chibrikov. He has an unreal shot, incredible release. But again, it's just things to kind of get sort of sort of sets your baseline for when these guys show up at actual training camps. I think that's that's the most important thing. And Jimmy Roy just told us, I mean, these guys, what they'll learn is what they get off the ice and the instruction they get and the ability not to only interact with the people, but to interact with their future coaches. I think that's also an important quality for them. Yeah, as well. And, you know, to Ken, Chaz Lucius, he's in yellow non-contact jersey, still recovering from shoulder, shoulder surgery at about five months ago. Uh, I, I just read on Twitter that he's about two, three weeks away from contact um, after that surgery as he, as he continues his recovery. You know, for, for Chaz, I, I hope... You know, I speaking to him over when I've talked to him, I think uh, two or three times now. I, I I really like him. I think he's a he's a real good kid. And and no matter where he ends up, and is he going to be on the Manitoba Moose? I I hope he'll have a, a full season with the Moose. Is he you know whatever whatever happens happens. I just hope he's healthy. You know, I I, I just hope he's had such horrible injuries over the beginning of his career. He's had to come overcome so much. Uh, I I'm just hoping for one year where he's just he's just going to remain healthy. Yeah, and Chaz is an interesting guy. I mean, super smart, and yeah, his injury luck goes back to his days in the U.S. National Development Program. But uh, had a chance to watch him two years ago at, at uh, North Dakota when he was playing for the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers, and you know, the puck follows him around. He just has this innate hockey sense where he knows where to be. Uh, just an elite hockey brain and a guy who really processes the game really quickly, and you know, he's also got great skills. So, I mean, just something for him just to be able to get on the ice. And, you know, he was on the sheet with the goalies when they were just getting moving. And, you know, he's buzzing around the ice. And same thing for him. You know, he hasn't been on the ice much since his injury. So he's feeling all this joy. He's got a great shot, uh, can play center or wing. And, uh, yeah, he's a real high-end prospect. But for him, the important part is to get his body healthy. I mean, much like Cole Perfetti, two incredible talents, but they have not – they've lost a lot of development time over the last, let's say, two, three years. Mm. And now they're trying to get that back here and, and, you know, get themselves in a position where they can not only be NHLers, but eventually be impact players, because that's what you want out of your first round picks and sort of transition back. But that's what McGrady said when I asked him why he was going back for sophomore season. He's like, yeah, we have unfinished business in Michigan. But when I come out of school, I want to be an impact player. I don't want to just be someone who is in the NHL. I want to be an impact player. So uh, same for Chaz. Like he's going to be a guy that once he gets to the NHL, yeah, he's going to need more seasoning with the Moose. But when he gets there, he doesn't want to just be a guy on the periphery of the roster. He wants to be an impact player, and I expect that's that's the kind of potential he has as a player to 
system have. Nothing causes a buzz amongst prospects at a development camp like a new three-year entry-level contract. I'm uh, sure there's some uh, people wondering who's going to buy lunch from Dominic DeVicentis with that deal he got done today. Well, fair enough. I had to cut out on DeVicentis, uh, Jimmy, just uh, to get onto the air here, but uh, I'm sure there was probably a few uh, people wondering. I don't think there'll be too many tabs that have to get picked up this week for these players, but uh, uh, the next time... Uh, that happens, I would imagine that uh, he would be more than happy to buy dinner for the boys uh, when they get to that point. But uh, haven't seen the haven't seen the cap friendly numbers yet. I uh, don't know what kind of bonus he got, but I would imagine there would have been something in there. And even too late, and also for people to realize, signing the ELC doesn't change anything. I think Dom will be headed back to the OHL for another year, uh, and then you know come you know come to camp and go from there. I mean, he may, he'll be at camp probably this year, but he, he's not a option for the Jets, I don't think. Uh, he's going to need one more year junior and kind of go from there. And Yeah, I mean, we saw Thomas Milich out here for the first time on the ice. I think he's getting fired up for his first uh, you know, full NHL camp here, too. So, uh, interesting times for sure, Jimmy. And, yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of excitement uh, at, a, at a fun time of year uh, for the organization. And, you know, the players are really excited to be back. You know, they haven't had one of these development camps in person for a while. So, uh, a lot of intensity, a lot of excitement, and you know, just speaking with Brad Lambert, he he just absolutely raving about the year that he had, with the ability to you know win a Western Hockey League championship and be one one away from the Memorial Cup, and he can't wait for his second NHL camp in the fall. Yeah, really looking forward to that. And one real quick one here, uh, Ken, before we let you go, uh, and this one has to do with free agency. I know that uh, following the year ender with Connor Hellebuck. Uh, you were in you were in in a space where you thought that that was going to be it, um, and uh, he was going to be moving on. Uh, with all the changes and and some more time to sort of settle on that, do, have, have you changed your mind on that after the you know acquiring Velarde and the PLD trade and Blake Wheeler moving on? Yeah, I wouldn't say I've changed my mind completely. I would say the door would be a little bit. I would say it's open a little bit more wide, uh, open wider. Let's just mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think that has just as much to do with uh, the Ilya Sorokin contract than it would uh, in terms. I mean, obviously, I think the Jets have made some moves that would catch his attention for sure. Uh, but the fact that Sorokin, a guy who I think is four years younger than Hellebuck, signed eight for eight point two five or eight point two five or eight point five, uh, that could change the marketplace number a little bit for him. But uh, at the end of the day, I would say I would. The door is open wider for him to start the year, and also I think the Jets could potentially get an extension done with him, or they're certainly going to try their best to do so. But uh, ultimately, it will come down to what what Connor wants, and if if he's willing to make a commitment, uh, I could see the relationship extending. But otherwise, uh, I would say that the what what Kevin Chevaldeoff didn't say was as important as what he said. I mean, he basically mm-hmm. told the rest of the league that if you want my number one goalie, <laughs> who just so happens to be one of the best goalies in the NHL. Uh, you better make a better offer. Uh, that that's yeah. That was my re- reading between the lines, but yeah, I mean for Hellebuck and Shifley, I would say there's a better chance than two months ago they could start the year with the Jets. And whether or not they could finish the year, that I'm not willing to make that kind of a commitment quite yet until I see uh, see a little bit more. Sportsnet reporter and writer Ken Weeb joining us. Uh, thanks, Weeb. Take care. Okay. Have a great day, Cam and Jimmy. Uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate thanks, Weaver. Yeah. It's usually he. I'm glad that he added Jimmy in there. Usually he just ignores you. Yeah, he moves on. Just says bye, Cam. He's been doing that. Well, that's lately. my golf coach. So sometimes your coach Aces. is happy with you. Kenny. Aces, yeah. Aces, we never forget the miracle of Glendale.
Two hole-in-ones in the same round. When has that ever happened? I, I Like, what are the odds? I've said this before, too, but um, the pro shop Googled it by the time we got in and said, you have better odds of winning Lotto 649 than you do of getting two hole-in-ones unless, in the same round. Unless Ken Weeb's swinging the clubs. Unless Ken Weeb's buying lottery tickets, and then it's... Every time we go anywhere, I'm like, should we pick up a 649? <laughs> We go down south. I go. Should we get a Powerball? What are we doing here, Kenny? What do you feel? How let's, do you feel today, Ken? Let's take do a you break. Feel lucky. Let's come back <laughs> on the other side. Jeff's uh, Jets RFAs and cap space. They got five significant, I would say, RFAs that they got to resign, and only so much cap room. We'll get into that after this. Jets at noon on six eighty CJOB. Well, you might think when you look at capfriendly.com, well, the Winnipeg Jets. You know, once um, Cole Perfetti comes off of injury reserve, about $9.8 million bucks to spend. Well, they got some guys that are going to garner some some cap hits here. Gabe Velarde, I think you'd put at the top of that list, uh, followed by Morgan Barron, Dylan Sandberg, uh, Logan Stanley, as well as Rasmus Kupari, uh, who's also an addition added on with Velarde and uh, Alex Ayafalo in the uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. Um but 9.8, when you're looking to sign these guys, it's not really that large amount. Um, things are going to get real, real tight against the cap. And when I when I went to Evolving Hockey, um, the, some of the projections gave Bellardi about 4 mil, Morgan Barron 1.2, Dylan Sandberg around that number too, as well as Logan Stanley. Um, the Jets are going to be right up against that cap. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. And I wonder, you know, projections saying Gabe Velarde is 4 million, I wonder if the Winnipeg Jets will kick that up a little bit. Well, I think it's going to be a bridge deal. If it's two years, I think it's going to be about three and a half. If it's three years, it's a three-year, $12 million mm-hmm. deal, $4 million. Um, but that'll take him to age 27 when he's a UFA. So I don't wow. know if you want to lock up some UFA years, get a six-year deal done at about five, five and a half. No, or, you, want to, you want to have I it think right that's up against jumping RFA. The gum. Yeah, I, I think yeah. you want to sort of do a two-year deal. Then you have a year left and can negotiate Mm-hmm. And be about three and a half, four mil. Morgan Barron um, is going to get a raise. He's was on an ELC. He's going to get. I mean, he's going to make two million a year. Yeah, mil and a half, maybe another two year deal at three million dollars. Yeah. Um. So it goes away real fast. Kapari, I think you can just add. I mean, Logan Stanley. The reason Logan Stanley is asked for a trade is because he has no resume. Like he's Kup- not played enough games to sort of go give me one point five million on a one year or two year deal. I think he's going to come in around 900000 yeah. for two years or maybe less, and, and then you might deal him. And then Dylan Sandberg. Like, Dylan Sandberg is now a bona fide top four NHL player Yeah, uh, after last year, and he did great at the World Championships. So I think he's another guy that's going to come in on a bridge deal of two to three years, around $3 million. So there's your $9 million gone. Yeah, exactly. Now, the reason, the way you alleviate this is you you trade either your number one center and his 6.1 or your number one goalie at 6.1. Yeah. But then you're going to be bringing back at least five. Yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd have to think. So they're and, up against the cap. Yeah, the only one who doesn't have arbitration rights is Rasmus Kupari, so that's going to be 900, that's going to be 900K, like something yeah, around uh, that number. Yeah, like so something around It's like, around here's there. what you're taking, and that's it. <laughs> like, I mean, but we the, need the money. this is why these are important deals. The the Axel Janssen-Fialbi at 775000 yeah. The uh, Vlad Domestikov, $2 million. Could he have gotten more in the free agent market? I think, so. I think he would have got at least that. 
I think he wanted the two years, though. I mean, he well, just, yeah, like, he's look tired at, of the one year, and, yeah. and he liked it here. So, but I, am I saying on their open yeah. market, I think he gets two and a half on a one year deal, or so. And then David Gustafson, seven seventy five. Man, David Gustafson has to do something this year. Yeah, and and I, if he can stay healthy, like he's got to be in this lineup. He's he's got a contract that's due next year as well, but. Um, you know, you sort of have your your Kyle Connor at seven, your Mark Shifley at six one, your Nick Ehlers at six, Alex Iafalo is at four, Nita Ryder's at four and needs a contract next year. Lowry for the next three years at three point two. That's a great deal. Mason mm-hmm. Appleton two point one. Like Mason Appleton making two point one. What do you think Morgan Barron's gonna say? Well, he's gonna say uh, give me one five, one eight. Yeah. Morgan uh, Mason Appleton's been around the show a lot longer. Not mm-hmm. a lot, but a year or two longer. But yeah, Morgan's gonna look at that two point one and go, Can I get one five, one eight? Yeah. And Mo- he's gonna deserve it. He played well and hundred percent. The money's gonna go quick. It's gonna go. I mean, Logan Stanley, he's gonna be caught up in that. Well, Logan has no resume. And for all of you who've been waiting and, and saying the organization's ruining him and blah blah blah, and, and he wants a trade. You'll love Ville Heinola at the next contract. He will have at the most one year to negotiate with. Yeah. And if they keep him, this is the cap management. I know you want to see him in the show, and I know, but Ville Heinola is making 863000 this year, and he'll need a contract next year. Say he plays the whole season. Who knows? Yeah. Or plays 50 games. It's real easy to renegotiate those over the next two years as opposed to having to pay him big. It's 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 asset management. Yeah, that's all it is. Jim Toth will take you all the way until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forte, for producing the show. I'll be back same time tomorrow. G- come and say Live hi. at camp. At the development Go camp. Go say I'll hi to camp. Come hi, say camp. Hi. See ya. Hi, neighbor. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.